Praise God. Hallelujah. Welcome back to the platform. How was the test? Mm, I believe it was very nice. You enjoyed it. It was good. All right. Don't worry. At the end of the day, we are going to be using just about 80 to 90% of the tests, you know, for your cumulative score. Glory to God. All right. So whatever it is that happened at the test, Okay, can we drop that now and go into the main teaching? I believe you've been blessed on this platform. There is, you know, the opportunity to listen to the messages again and again and again so that you can internalize them. What God is teaching us on this platform, they are things that are very important and we should pay attention to them. Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Everlasting Father, we thank you because you alone are God. You are the almighty God. We acknowledge you as God and we submit to you, Father, because you are God. We worship you this day. We give you glory. We give you praise. We honor you. We adore you, mighty rock, mighty God, our our helper, our sustainer, our source, ah, the lifter up of our heads. Lord, we bless you. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your love that made you send your own son to die. I mean to die because of us. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for buying him back, oh God, even from destruction, from condemnation, from sin, oh, from, from eternal separation. Lord, thank you because you have bought us back. You have rescued us from that terrible death called eternal separation. We give you praise and glory. Lord, as we go into your word this day, we beseech you, Father, that Lord, let your word, O God, be revealed in every heart in the name of Jesus Christ, that your word will gain entrance into every heart to give light and understanding. Lord, we pray, O God, we know your word is powerful. We know your word is sharper than every two-edged sword, dividing asunder between the soul and the spirit. Lord, let your word do what your word can do in this meeting. Transform lives, oh God. Help minds to be renewed. Bring illumination and light, oh God. Lord, expound the kingdom in our hearts. Help us to come to understand the things of God more intimately and more deeply. Thank you so much because your glory is here. Right now we stand in the name of Jesus Christ and we agree together that this atmosphere is conducive for godly activities only in the name of Jesus. As a body, we resist demonic activities in this atmosphere in the name of Jesus. I stand today to take charge of this atmosphere for Jesus and I declare in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every foul spirit, spirit of darkness that mutilates against the ministry of the word. In the name of Jesus, the word of God has free course in our midst and blesses everyone in Jesus' name. I yield to you today, Father, because I know it is not by power, human power. It's not by might, human might, but it is by your spirit. So therefore, Lord, from this moment, let it be you through me, Father, even unto your people in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God. All right, this week we are going to be continuing our teaching. And um, you remember last week we talked on the call. And if you've been following carefully on Monday, um, we reviewed chapters 1 and 2 of 5 ends of ministry. I believe you were part of that review. Glory to God. Okay, so today we are going to something, you know, more 
um, more deep, or how do I put that now, than what we did last week. And this week we are going to be looking at ministry. Hallelujah. Last week we looked at the call. This week we are going to be looking at ministry. But let me refresh your memory about one or two things that we discussed last week. We said primarily that um, when it comes to the call, there is the place of discovering God's call for your life. And we said discovering God's call is unto preparation. Unto preparation. Now, discovering God's call is not unto manifestation. It's not unto fulfillment, okay? And we also emphasize that the path of preparation for every individual is different. Glory to God. You know, there will be some that may walk the path just trying to use Bible prophetic examples the path like Moses, okay? There are some the path like Joseph. There are some the path like David. Some the path like Abraham, okay? So when it comes to the preparation for her call, it is God himself that determines the preparation. And that's why when it comes to fulfilling God's call for one's life, it is important that you follow God step by step. And that's why the inroad to fulfilling God's call is salvation. And second to it is you must have an intimate relationship with the Father that you can hear him speak to you and you can also speak to him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we said that purpose or the of one is discovered in a work with God. So discovering God's call is unto preparation. Never forget that. When you discover, you begin to have an idea of what God has called you to do, it's not time to go. Jesus told the disciples, he called them to first be with him, okay? So the first call is to be with God. And what God does when you are with him is that he prepares you for the call, the ministry, the destiny that he has prepared you for, that he sent you to the head for. Glory to God. And the second part we emphasize is the place of receiving God's call, and that is unto fulfillment, all right? That's the place where God says to you, go. Hallelujah. So there is a call to come, and then there is a call to go. Hallelujah. Never mix it up. Now, lack of preparation will always have very, very detrimental, you know, implications in future. Amen. And that's why it's important for everyone, every believer in Christ Jesus, to yield to the call of God. When you first understand that Ministry is about God. Amen. It's his plan. It's his, his purpose for us. We are discovering it, okay? And in our uniqueness, we are fulfilling it. Glory to God. So let's move on to what is ministry. A very important question. Now, I noticed quite a number of questions on Monday um, during the book review, but don't worry. All those questions will be answered. In fact, the answer to most of those questions are in today's teaching. So, let's ride. Glory to God. So, what is ministry? Ministry can be defined. I'll give you several definitions, maybe about five or six of them. I'll give you descriptions, all right, so that you can get it. Amen. So, ministry is doing God's will on earth. Simple put. Ministry. Oh, I have a ministry. Your ministry is God's purpose for you. So doing that God's purpose is your ministry. Glory to God. Now, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 7, then said 
I, Jesus speaking here. He says, Lo, I come in the volume of book. It is written of me to do your will. Oh God, it is written of me to do your will. Oh God, I believe you are saying the same today. Hallelujah. So a man who wants to fulfill ministry is a man that is saying, I have come. No, I have come in the volume of, volume of book. It is written of me to do your will, oh God. Hallelujah. You know, having an understanding that ministry stems from the will of God. It's not an, it's not what you want to do or you feel like doing. It's what you've been made to do. Hallelujah. So John chapter number 4 and verse 34 also says something important. Jesus still speaking. He says, Jesus said to them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That is ministry. Okay, so God's will as to ministry, you know, is clear and it is outlined. Amen. You know, in some scriptures that I will read to you shortly. Amen. Okay, so ministry is a holy calling that is given by God to a man. Amen. So ministry is a holy calling given by God to a man. Stress and underline the word holy. Glory to God. God cannot commission a man to do evil. Amen. His assignment, his destiny for every man is holy. Yes, unique to every individual, but it is holy. Now, ministry can also be defined or described as rendering holy service unto God and for God unto other people according to his will. Amen. When you render service unto God, holy service unto God, or you render holy service for God unto other people. You see that? So you could be ministering to God. You could be ministering to people as he has sent you. But this is done you know, according to his will. Now let's quickly look at Luke chapter number 4. We start the reading from verse 18 to 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus speaking, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me, you see the word sent? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. So in that summary, you know, Jesus was describing what his ministry was, what he came to the face of the head to do. Glory to God. I remember, of course, in the book of Acts chapter 26, Paul also did the same. He said, oh, King Agrippa, you start reading from verse 16. Oh, and he said he had an encounter on his way to Damascus, and Jesus told him precisely why he had come to encounter him. Hallelujah. Never forget that. Okay, so um, Bible clearly states, you know, the assignment that Jesus came to do. Of course, the same is recorded in the book of Isaiah 61, and you start the reading from verse 1 to 5. The Spirit of the Lord is, Lord God is upon me because the Lord had anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He had sent me to bind up the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord 
and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them the morning Zion, to give unto them beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, and on and on. Now, if you look at the book of John chapter number 10 and verse 10, it says, the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come. So the reason for his coming, the reason for your coming must be clear. And that's, that's, that's ministry. Glory to God. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So Jesus is speaking here that, listen, the reason I came is not to give the world their religion, though many people have misunderstood it already. Amen. The reason I came is to bring life. I have come to bring the God kind of life so that you can have it and you can have it more abundantly. The possibility of man possessing the God kind of life came by what Jesus Christ came to do on the face of the head. So he fulfilled his purpose. Glory to God. He fulfilled the reason he was born. And that is his ministry. So ministry can also be defined as God's way of meeting needs. I love this definition particularly because, you know, it's... It, it, it's, if, if, the, if the whole world can understand this, there will be a mighty revolution on earth. That's the truth. You see, ministry is God's way of meeting it. It is service to people in the name of the Lord. Now, ministry is God's way of meeting people's needs. Hallelujah. It is the will of God that the, we, the, the needs of his people on the face of the earth are met. Glory to God. So God meets the needs of people by giving men tasks and assignments. Glory to God. I want to say that again. So God meets the needs of people by giving men tasks and assignments. Now, let me say this. One of the greatest reasons that there is chaos on the face of the head today is because a lot of people are not fulfilling their ministry. Hallelujah. That's why I said if the world will understand this, there will be a revolution on the face of the head. Glory to God. The reason the world is the way it is, and many people still point accusing fingers at God, you know, is one of the strongest reasons, apart from, you know, the other reason who could be the fall of man and the devil and all that. But one of the reasons there is chaos, there is poverty, there is lack, some people cannot afford even a daily meal. Why? Is because people are not fulfilling their ministry. They are God-given assignment. Listen, for every challenge you see today, someone has been ordained to fill that place. Someone has been ordained to fix it, either to prevent it from happening or to provide a solution to it. And that person is missing in action. Hallelujah. And that's ministry. This wonder Bible says a man's step are, are from the Lord. A man's step, they are from the Lord. So you see, a number of people come to the head to live life by the way they think. And that's one of the reasons why there is a lot of limitation on the face of the head today. Men are not coming to earth to fulfill why they were born to, 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 to why they were born here on the face of the head. People are coming to do what they think they should do. Hallelujah. And it's giving us a lot of gaps, a lot of, you know, missing links, a lot of chaos, a lot of disorder. Amen. Bible says a man's steps are from the Lord. How can man understand his way? Without God, how can man understand his way? Amen. Because he was sent here. 
Hallelujah. He's not an object of mistake. He's not a creation of circumstance. Amen. It doesn't matter, you know, the circumstances behind anybody's birth. That's the truth. If there was no reason for you, you would not be born. The fact that you've been born, it doesn't matter if it was outside wedlock or if it was inside wedlock or if it was from diverse parents, separated parents, the truth is this. God, hallelujah, there is a reason for you. Glory to God. Now, Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 10 and um, verse 23 to 24, it says, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Look at that. Amen. It's not a man who walks to direct himself. In the world, we come to acknowledge God. One of the challenges of the world today is that people are living like they don't need God. It's, it's going to be like, you know, a river that is caught away from a source. And that's why it's just a matter of time. It will dry up. Hallelujah. That's not you. In Jesus' name, all right? And um, in verse 24, Bible says, Correct me, O Lord, but in justice, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Amen. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6 to 8, Bible says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. You see that? So we have different giftings, different callings. The giftings here, talking about callings, it says whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering. He that teacheth on teaching or he that exalted on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. And he that ruleth with diligence and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8 to 12. Amen. Okay, we're going to talk more about that in the next session where he talks about ministry gifts. Hallelujah. All right, so ministry can then be summarized as who you are before God. It is the life you have been ordained to live before God and people, the life you've been called to live. Ministry isn't just what you do. It is why you exist. Hallelujah. Ministry isn't just, you know, what to do. If you are not doing it, <laughs> you are not actually living in that, in that um, you know, sense. Glory to God. All right. Um, you can be existing. But true living starts when you discover the reason you were sent here. Hallelujah. So let's look at different levels of ministries. Because I know that for so many people before this teaching, you might have thought that ministry is just, you know, fivefold ministry, pastor and apostle, prophet, you know, pastor, teacher, evangelist, what have you. Amen. Ministry is more than that. Ministry is your assignment. Okay. So let's look at the different levels of ministry. Are you ready? Okay. The first I'm going to categorize, which I tried to start talking about last week, is general calling into the ministry of reconciliation and priesthood. Now, understand this. Um, because of the fall of man, all right, and Jesus Christ came and we were recreated, so it's an entirely new life, okay? And um, in this new life, we have a general calling. Everyone who is born again, everyone who is born of God has this calling. It's, 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 it's a reason, you know, we've been born. Glory to God. Okay? And um, if you look at the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we start the reading from verse 17 to 21. So that you know the prophetic source, I mean the scriptural source 
of what I'm saying. It's important you know it. Alright, so Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ is a new creature, all things, old things, sorry, all things are passed away, and all things have become new, and all things are of God. You want to hear that again? He says that all things have become new. So these all things that have become new, they are of God. Glory to God. Who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and had given to us. You see that? He has given to us the ministry of reconciliation to which that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and are committed, you know, unto us the word of reconciliation. He has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. So the first general calling of every believer is to be a true ambassador for Christ. It's to be involved in the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Okay. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to the world. So what is saying that, I mean, be you reconciled to God, I beg your pardon. What is saying is that we are practically in the world to tell the world that, listen, our assignment is to tell the world that be reconciled to God. So it tells you that if you are a believer, okay, no matter your ministry, apart from this general ministry, no matter your ministry, which we will talk about in a couple of minutes, if you are not doing anything to see people reconcile to Christ, you are not yet living. Hallelujah. You are not yet fulfilling the general, you know, um, calling into the ministry of reconciliation. This one is common to all. It's either you're doing something, you are going to reconcile the world back to God, or, all right, in your sphere, yes, you are doing it, but you are also partnering with a ministry that is, you know, going all out to bring the people in. You are praying. Glory to God. You have to be involved. It's, it's your business on the face of the head. People have to get saved. You know, we have to be very careful for this kind of Christianity of, you know, we just want to live a good life. Our primary goal is souls, reconciling, you know, souls back to God. We are all soul reconcilers. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, one day I saw a ministry that said soul reconcilers. I said, that's, that's the business of every believer. Amen. Glory to God. Of course, it's a good thing if you want now want to take it specially on yourself. But it's, it's everybody must be involved. It's a body thing. Amen. All right, the second tweet is priesthood. If you study the book of 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, Bible says, but you are a chosen generation. You remember our first message? Amen. Yes, you are a chosen generation. You are the 42nd generation. And listen, of all the 42 generations, your generation is chosen. You are a chosen generation. Glory to God. It says that you are a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood, an only nation. So our emphasis is on royal priesthood. Now listen, when you are born again, okay, you are called alongside the high priest Jesus Christ as a priest. Amen. As a priest. So what does that mean? That means that as a priest, okay, you have been called. All right, to stand before God and offer sacrifices to him. Never forget, 
The altar must never lack sacrifice. It's the assignment of the priest. And secondly, the priests are to stand representing the people before God. What does that suggest to you? Every believer is called into the ministry of intercession. Hallelujah. We have obeyed it more than one another, maybe by the revelation we have in our spirit. Every believer is called. Yes, some people have it, you know, for instance, um, we are all soul reconcilers, but some people are called as evangelists. Now, the same way, we are all intercessors, but some people are called as prophets. You see, intercession is a primary, as a prophet who is not interceding, we prophesy nothing. Amen. It, 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 it sits in the office of a prophet. But you see, leave the prophet for now. Let's focus on this. We all have been called into priesthood. We have to, so you are a believer on Sundays, you are getting to church um, after praise worship. What are you doing? Amen. What exactly do you think you are doing? That's one opportunity for you to worship God together along saints, alongside saints, under the corporate anointing. So even if you want to say, I worship God in my closet, that's good, okay? But that is the worship of a member in particular. Glory to God. We need the corporate worship. <laughs> and where we get that is in church. Amen. You cannot afford to go to church late. If you're there, you've been doing it, repent today. You see, life is lived from understanding. People will live life haphazardly as things come. They amount to little packages. But when you are deliberate about life and you live life by understanding, the understanding of God's word, you know, is the is 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 actually what is you know steering your life. <laughs> Glory to God. You amount to be package getting to church early is key you can't get to church after worship what are you doing amen that's when you know we all go and we lift up a banner of worship before god worship is our assignment we are priests we are to make his praise glorious hallelujah so that's a general assignment now let's go to more specific things amen i hope you're getting blessed thank you lord Lift up those and say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All right, so the second category I would love to talk about is what I call the helps ministry. Hallelujah. Helps ministry. Well, let me make that the last for, or second to the last for some reason. Permit me. Let's talk about specific ministry. Amen. Specific ministry. So what is specific ministry? These are special ministries. So some people are called into what we call specific ministries. You see that? So as you pray, God begin to open your understanding. I've called you into specific ministry. They are special ministries to the world. The world, you know, as a globe, they are special ministries to the world system. Amen. These are people that are called into government, into business, into management, into leadership. They are called into music. I'm not talking about praise worship or being a minstrel in church. They are called, they are Christians. They are called into the music world. They are meant to inject songs that they may not necessarily mention God. Just like the book of Esther. But every single lyric there is pumping God out. There are people who have this calling and a lot of people are misfits today because they are copying. They are not discovering who they are. Hallelujah. Some are 
called into the world of medicine. Some are called, you know, into academics. God will tell you this is where to go. I tell you the truth, I lie not. There are such special ministries. Amen. And they are called specific ministry. It's floated all over the pages of the Bible. Amen. There are some God we say, I have, I have gifted him in, 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 in all manner of skill. You know, he can handle gold. He can handle a lot. A lot of anointing in, in, you know, specific ministries. I was reading yesterday about Elijah and um, when Jezebel threatened to cut off his head, like what he did, you know, to the priest of, of Baal. And he ran away. And do you know that the Lord said to him, go and anoint someone else in, in, in your stead as a prophet. He didn't stop at that. He said, anoint so, so, so to as king. You see that? Over Israel. Anoint so, so, so to as king. So it tells you that a number of people have limited this thing to religion. But it's more than that. Amen. It is kingdom. It is dominion. God has a plan, okay, for the rescue of humanity. He has a plan for how life will be better for humanity. But possibly someone who God has called into politics is busy looking for a pulpit to preach in ministry. Hallelujah. So it's not just trying to do something. Discover what you've been born to do. Cyrus, though an unbeliever, I told you last week, some people stumbled into their core. He stumbled into it. He was called to be a king. Hallelujah. The calling of David was to be a king, not a pastor. Amen. There is such calling. It's the specific ministry. Now, quickly, let's look at Isaiah 45. I read from verse 1 to 5, you know, using Cyrus as an example. Toss here the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him. So everything Cyrus was doing, it was God walking through him. You see that? And he was doing it for the, for the good of humanity. But it was God through him. Maybe you don't know that the devil hides leadership. Now, if there are a group of people doing something and the devil wants to break into their midst, he will prefer to go for the leader. Why? Because he understands how leadership is influence. And God is just waiting for his children to come into this understanding. Glory to God. You think that the thousand reign, the millennial reign of Jesus, the, the, the war of Amagadon, all is going to be about a religion? No! It's about taking the kingdom of this world. Hallelujah. Have you forgotten Bible says that the kingdom of this world is the kingdom of our God and of his Christ? Come on, wake up. It's kingdom. Glory to God. And so God is sending someone into the world of medicine. So that, you know, medicine is filled with righteousness. We won't have people in medicine that are collecting people's blood to do God knows what. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't have people, we don't have evil take over, you know, the dominion of the medical world. God is pumping his own children there. Some are called into medicine. Those are specific ministries. Amen. Now, 
Refined is not for me to sit in that, but I can sit in that for two weeks. Glory to God. The body of Christ needs to wake up. We need to understand ministry. Hallelujah. And next to it, let me go back to helps ministry. Now, under helps ministry, we have what we call the general helps ministry. Glory to God. What did I call it? The general helps ministry. Some people are called into the general helps ministry. It's just their calling. Hallelujah. And that's their ministry. They are called. I told you. I said, you know, the inroad to ministry is calling. You see that? So they are called into that. And um, it's, 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 it's clear. Even from scriptures. Glory to God. Now, the general helps ministry, they are the helps, they are ministry, are the ministry that they are there to help the ministry of the preaching and the teaching of the word, the word of God. You see that? They are like a support team that God has sent so that the ministry of the word and the spirit is not hindered. Glory to God. For example, we have people that are deacons, they are deaconesses, it's their calling. They will not necessarily become pastors, but they are there like support men. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some are called into welfare. Some are called, you know, into, into supporting ministries in church with their money. Amen. It's a calling. They know that God has raised me, he's raising me a multi-billionaire to support the work of his kingdom. This all are helps ministry. Glory to God. And they are not less important. They are very key. They are very important. You remember Moses? When um, Joshua was on the battlefield, he took Aaron and Hall to hold his hands. Those are helps. Hallelujah. Hold up his hands. And as long as his hands remained up, the battle was won. When he gets tired and his hands go down, the battle is lost. Amen. And so has God surrounded ministers today with men called into helps. Unfortunately, some have not discerned and discovered their call to stay there. Some feel that I should get promotion to become a ministry gift. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, not so, beloved. Okay? Not so. Now, under helps ministry, of course, I talked about the general helps ministry. There is another subset that I'm going to talk about, which is the placement specific helps ministry. I'll say that again. Placement specific helps ministry. Now, what does this mean? This is very simple and very, very straightforward. Now, what this means is that there are some people that are called by God into placements. And what's this placement? The placement is usually that they are called to someone. You see? They are called to support someone. Okay, I'll try to describe it this way. Hallelujah. Now, there are some people that God gives some assignments on the face of the head that, of course, is bigger than them. Amen. You say that? But they are going to be like the leader in such assignments. Now, God will call some men alongside them, place them by that man. 
You see that? That is why it is placement specific helps ministry. And the truth is that as long as that man lives, they are standing by him. As long as the one they are called to is alive, they are standing by him. I'll give you scriptural examples. Amen. So, if the man leaves the sin, is one of two things. They could be called to continue what that man has started. Or, they could be called to start something new. But as long as the one they are called to is living, they are by him. Several examples. The Lord gave me this revelation and he said, the body of Christ have not understood that this is actually a ministry in my body. Hallelujah. And the body needs to wake up to it. They're not less important, but it's just their place. I'll give you an example. So if you look at the redeemed Christian church of God, so helps, placement specific helps ministry, they could be ministry gifts, they may not be ministry gifts. Let me say that as we go on. Okay, so Pastor Ilya Deboye was called as a placement specific ministry to Payekundayomi. And as long as that man remained alive, glory to God, he was there with him. Now, when Payekundayomi was to leave the scene, the work was handed over to him to continue. That's an example of placement-specific helps ministry that the man will remain in the course that that you know, man he has been called to has started even after his departure. Hallelujah. I'll give you another example. Some may, there are some men that were with Payekundayomi, and even after the departure of Payekundayomi, they remained in the redeemed Christian church because that is where God has called them you see that, and they were not necessarily, you know, leading. So it's not just for leadership. There is such a call. I'll give you another example. How many of us, you know, have met um, Pastor um, Kenneth Egan at any time? There were men that were called to him. As long as he was living, they were with him. Stand by. Hallelujah. When he left the scene, for some, God told them to continue that ministry. For some, God gave them fresh assignments. Glory to God, like it more, for instance. But placement-specific helps ministry is a ministry where you are called to somebody that God has given an assignment that is bigger than him. So you have a place in that assignment. You see that? It's placement-specific helps ministry. May I inform you that a pastor's wife fall under this ministry. If you are a pastor's wife, you have been called to placement specific helps ministry. Never forget it. Because you are going to stand by your husband, especially if your husband is a founder, a general overseer. You see that? Your husband is um, a, a, a set man, a lead pastor, whatever you know, balance is used in your own church. If you are the wife of that man that started that work, beloved, you cannot attend another church. Praise God. If you are the wife of that man, alright, glory to Jesus, you cannot be supporting another ministry at the expense of what he has started. It is your calling. You are called to placement specific helps 
ministry. I'll talk more about that. Okay. Um, the next teaching, we are going to sit in placement specific helps ministry because people understand a lot of many other, you know, um, how do I put it? Department of ministry, more than displacement specific helps ministry. Another example I can give you is Bishop Abioye to Bishop Oyedepo. Hallelujah. He is called to him. Now, a number of people could have been called to Bishop Oyedepo, but lack of understanding of this kind of calling could have made them leave their place of calling. Amen. And you know, of all the ministries, I think this placement specific helps ministry is the most sensitive. And that's why we're going to give attention to it. I'm going to teach on it next week. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's go on to the final class of ministry, which is the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry. These are the people we call ministry gifts. Now, not every Christian is a ministry gift. Hallelujah. You don't get promoted. Maybe you start as a worker in church, they now promote you to um, assistant leader, you now become assistant, then they will now promote you to a ministry gift. No, it's a calling. Amen. It is a calling. And it is God Himself that will let you know that you are a ministry gift. I was busy about my business when the Lord told me. <laughs> that you've been called as a ministry gift to stand in an office. I said, whoa, I never knew I was busy with my business. Glory to God. I see a danger these days. People, are, they want to be ministry gifts and they are, they are training to be ministry gifts. Nothing kills the church like that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I would not say so much about that because the fivefold ministry offices is important for us to know them and to understand them. Now, under it, we have the apostles, we have the prophets, we have the evangelists, we have pastors, and we have teachers. Of course, you see this in Ephesians chapter 4. You start the reading from verse 8 to 12. Amen. And also from um, the book of Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 4. So we are going to deal with that, but this year... I'm not going to take time to break down fivefold ministry, but I'll give you as an assignment. So there is a message that I preach on the fivefold ministry offices, and that's going to be our assignment this week. You're going to listen to that message. I hope you submitted your assignments yesterday. Please don't be caught not doing your assignments. I've told you, all God is demanding from you is three months. Never forget. In these three months, you'll be amazed at the transformation. Just give in three months, I beg you. Just keep following the schedule, don't worry. The schedule itself is loaded with grace and power. It's the word of God. It will change you. It will transform you. It will impact you. It will lift you. Amen. All I just beg of you is yield to it. Yield yourself to it. Hallelujah. And you will be forever grateful you did. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> amen and amen. So let's look at um, something also very important. So I'm skipping the fivefold offices. You do that in the assignment for this week. Yielding God's call. Yielding God's call. Now, 
for a man to yield God's call, the yieldedness to God's call is based on some things. And I just want to highlight these things to you. When you see a man who is yielding to God's call, there are some things that I would say he knows or they are settled. You see that? And I want to show you these things. Number one is that the person must have an understanding, a very good understanding and a deep acknowledgement of source and purpose. Any man who has not come to a place to understand, to agree, to be one with the reality that you have been born of God, he is your source and he sent you here and he has a purpose for you, may not likely be yielded to God's call. Amen. So when you see people who are yielded, this understanding is set in them. Let that understanding set in you. Or do you have an issue with that? Should we dwell on that a little? For real, do you believe you are from God? Do you believe God sent you to the earth in the first place? Do you believe that everything God did by sending Jesus Christ was to rescue you from the destruction that was, I mean, imminent? Glory to God. Do you believe that you have been recreated and that in this recreation you've been born of God? Do you truly believe it? Or it's just something you hear people say? Because you see, what we call believe would affect your way of thinking. What we call believe will affect your way of acting. Believe is not information you have in your head that is just seated there. Believe influences your life. Believe impacts your way of doing things. You see that? Little wonder Bible says that is the doer of the word that is blessed. Not just the hearer. Not just someone say, I've heard that before, I've heard that before. Do you believe it? Because you see, the truth is you, there is no way anybody will yield to God's call who has not well understood and acknowledged his or her source and purpose for existence. If you feel that living life is still, um, you know, a trial by error, let me try this, they say this is selling, let me try this, let me try that, you're not likely to be yielded to God's call. It is in that understanding that there was a plan for me before I came here. That understanding sets you on a track of discovery. You see that? That understanding sets you on your feet to discover why you are here. It's not, um, let me listen to God, what God we have to say. The reason he said he, will, he created me. Hallelujah. Then you hear, you say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. No, no, no. You've not yet understood and acknowledged your source and that God does not just send people to the head without a purpose. Glory to God. Number two. <laughs> people who yield God's call are people whose love for God is in response to God's love for them. They have an intimate, a deep understanding of God's love for them. Those are the people. Hallelujah. Their love for God. Oh, oh, how I love Jesus. <laughs> it's based on the revelation of the love of the Father in their heart. It's a response to the love that God has for them. It's not based on God gave me money yesterday. 
It's not based on I prayed and God answered me. No. No. Hallelujah. It's based on the revelation of the love of God. Hallelujah. And when that revelation is in your spirit, then it's natural to respond back to God in love. And in love, you just want his will. The love of God will always just take you to that place that, oh, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made up. Oh, it's all about you. Hey, say, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Hey. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. That's the love they have for God is in response to his love for them. Okay, and the next point, your love for people, people who yield to God's call, they understand that their love for people is in the understanding of God's love for them. Hallelujah. So, the passion you have for people to help them, your, your love for people to want to fulfill ministry is based on, it's in the light of God's love for people. It's not so, you know, the standard is not something that moves. The standard is set. God's love for man is a standard. Glory to God. So you love people in the light of God's love for them. Never forget that. That's what can make you go all the way in ministry. Because what happens if the people you are sacrificing for do something against you? Hallelujah. If you love them based on them, you will be hot. But if you love them in the understanding and the light of the love of God, then you can stand strong. Little wonder, you know, having stoned Stephen, he could say, Lord, please don't count it against them. Forgive them. His love for them is in the light of the love of God for them. Glory to God. You see that? His love was not based on the art, the evil that they have done to him. But rather his love was based on the understanding of God's love for them. Little wonder Jesus said the same thing. He said that Lord forgive them for they know not what they are doing. What a love. In the face of nails on your two palms. What a love. In the face of a, a, a crown of thorn. Glory to God. This is the class of love you can have for people that can make you willing to be yielded to the call of God. 
so that a man of God, a minister to any of the ministry, you know, how it flows we identified, you don't get to a place where you are offended in the people. Glory to God. Amen and amen. And next to that is when you have discovered by revelation that that it is God's will for you. You see that? You know by revelation that this ministry is God's will for me. So you, you, you get to a point where you're not doing it for people. You're not doing it for things. You're not doing it for gain. You're not doing it for, you know, um, publicity. You're not doing it to be known. You're doing it for God. Glory to God. It's God's will for you. Then the consciousness of God's nature in you and God's ability in you so that when you are going to rely on God, you are relying on his ability, on his strength. Let me say this to you. The flesh cannot do ministry. I will say it again. The flesh cannot do ministry. Why? Because ministry is primarily spiritual. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This wonder Bible says that the harm of flesh will fail. The harm of flesh will fail. So you must get to a place where, you know, there is that consciousness of the God on the inside. The nature of God within you. The ability of God on your inside. That's what you, you rely on. That's the place of solace. That's what you rest on. Even in times when things look like um, they are ministering discouragement from the outside. You won't take in the discouragement. You rely on God's ability within you. You see that? Yieldedness to God is also based on the fear of God, reverence for God. That knowledge and awareness of God that you have in your heart that keeps you in the zone of righteousness, even when no one is watching you. Hallelujah. So you are not being right because somebody is seeing you. It's the fear of God. It's the knowledge of God, the consciousness of God you carry in your heart that keeps you in the zone of righteousness even when no one is watching. That's the greatest definition of the fear of God that God gave me, that I've, I, I love it so much. It has helped me. He said, the fear of God is the knowledge of God, the consciousness of God in your heart that keeps you in the zone of righteousness. This wonder Bible says that it is by the fear of God that men, you know, stay away from evil. It's by the fear of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. These are some reasons why an unbeliever cannot fulfill their calling. Even if they stumble on it, it becomes very difficult. Hallelujah. Yes, some unbelievers will stumble on their calling, especially those called into specific ministries. They could stumble on it. But many of them are not able to fulfill it. Why? Because they don't have the nature it takes to fulfill it. Many of them are not able, you know, to feed it with the force of righteousness as believers because they do not have the nature to go ahead and do it. Hallelujah. Now, let's quickly look at the don'ts and nots of ministry. What you should not do. The don'ts and the nots of ministry. Glory to God. Number one, <laughs> very, very important. Never assume a ministry. I can't talk enough on this. One of the challenges is that you see a number of people doing ministry today, both specific helps and um, um, fivefold ministry, they are assuming ministries. Glory to God. You ask people, what is your ministry? I think. 
if you ask someone that what have you have you discovered God's call for your life? What are you called to do? What is your ministry? I think the person has not discovered it. When you discover ministry, it leaves the zone of thinking. It becomes knowing. Hallelujah. There was a time in my life that nobody could talk me out of it. Hallelujah. I was doing well in medicine, but you could not talk me out of it. I knew I was called into ministry. Why? Because somebody told me no. Yes, some people said it, but it was all confirmation to what God had told me. His dealings with me. You see that? It is not a man that will communicate the call of God to you. God himself will communicate. I told you, he's more willing to let you know much more than you are willing to know yourself. Amen. Then he will use men to confirm. The confirmation of men is not out of place. It's good. But that cannot be the primary source. All right, I will say that. The prophets can, can, you know, ginger you, can give you a wake-up call into your destiny. Hallelujah. You know, a prophet is like, ah, young man, young man, what are you doing? I perceive God's strong call on you. Now, don't take that as a call. You take that and go to God. That could be the beginning of the unveiling. You see that? Of the call of God on you. But listen, never assume a ministry. Never. Glory to God. Number two, never do ministry sensually. <laughs> never do ministry sensually. Ministry is purely spiritual. Glory to God. It's primarily spiritual. You cannot use the senses to fulfill the call. I feel like ah, there is no church in that area in Abelkuta. Um, I feel I should go there. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. It is God that sends you to your place of primary assignment. Or for those in the specific, you know, um, placement ministry. It's the one you are called to that will send you out. You see that? Hallelujah. Or for some that, okay, you are under a man still training in ministry. That's the path of your preparation. You see? Where he sends you is the place to be. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the body of Christ must come to understand these things. We must come to understand these things. Now, don't let ministry be run by your personal cooked up ideas. This is another danger zone. Don't, don't let it. Seek God for his leading and divine inspiration. When you get the direction, then you can, you know, start bringing up your own, you know, okay, Lord, should we do this? And you're still asking him, should I strategize it this way? No, don't do it this way. Do it that way. You must understand that it's about God. Number three, don't let ministry be all about zeal and not knowledge. <laughs> you just have zeal. This is very common among young people, among youths. Ministry can't be all about zeal and no knowledge. Such people get themselves burnt. I mean spiritually. Hallelujah. They get wounded. Why? Because it's a spiritual assignment. You see that? So, ministry, you remember, is not an ambition. Don't let ministry become an ambition in your hand. I must, I must, you know, I sounds like the devil. I will place my this and I will. It's not about it's not about you. It's God through you. Glory to God. 
Ministry is doing God's will on earth. Number four, don't let life, don't let your life, your life, the way you live your life, the way you conduct yourself in the secret, in the public, don't let your life betray your ministry. Hallelujah. This is a very strong doom of ministry. If not, you are going to misrepresent God. If not, instead of being, you know, what you are destined to be, to be somebody pointing God to people, you'll be someone dispersing people away from God. Don't let the devil change your destiny. In the guys, you will still carry the name, you know. I don't know, maybe let's say for people called into fivefold ministry, you're a pastor. You see that? But rather than winning souls to Christ, you are sending people away from the body. Say not to me. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. So ministry is who you have before God. Not just what you do. It is a life. It's the life that you live before God and before people. The life of a minister is louder than the message that a minister preaches. This is one lesson the Lord, you know, taught me. And taught my husband that I can never forget. We pay more attention to our life, how the word of God is affecting our life, influencing our life, how we're internalizing the word, glory to God, how we are doing the word than, you know, trying to put up a show. Glory to God. Ministry is not putting up a show. There are weaknesses to overcome. The spirit of God is in you to help you. It's not putting up a show. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Let no man despise thy use, but be thou an example to the believers, an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. In purity. Glory to God. Be an example. I remember, you know, some years ago, I had this family member that got born again and... Um, he was attending a particular church. Unfortunately, in that church, the pastor was sleeping with girls in the congregation. So he joined the ushering team. Glory to God. So he, he, the pastor would call him, go and let me call Shade, call Lade, call, you know, all the girls in church and take them to the office to mess up. And this innocent young guy that just got born again saw that. And he said, so what are we doing in church? Why are we deceiving ourselves? Do you know since then, we are still believing God for the salvation of his soul? I'm talking about over 22, 25 years ago. We are still believing God for the salvation. This one that got born again, but was offended in the pastor. Why? For the life he lived. Betraying his, his ministry. Betraying his message. And this is very important. Glory to God. It's possible the pastor has repented and he is living right now, but he does not know the extent of damage that he caused. Hallelujah. So very important. Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your father which is in heaven. In other words, let your life be an attraction to God's kingdom. Amen. Your life should not send people away from God's kingdom. As one that is called. Glory to God. 
Okay, lastly, under the don'ts and you know of ministry, okay, is that um, you should understand that ministry is a continuous a continuous life, is a consistent flow of life, is not an intermittent discharge. A number of people, you know, will need to understand this statement. It is not a performance that we put up. It is the life we live. It's not a, you know, up and down, up and down kind of movement. No, it's the life we live. Glory to God. And I know that as you go on in these refined classes, there is an outworking of God's grace, God's power, God's glory, God's fire on the inside of you that brings you into the realm of consistency in your work with God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. So what are the wrong reasons that people do ministry? Or should I say wrong reasons that people assume ministry? Glory to God. Why do people do ministry and um, what they are not called to do? Or what, what would be the reason, even what someone is called to do, what would be a wrong reason to do it? Let's look into some of these things. Number one, people's expectation. A number of people are in ministry today because of the expectation of others. That's going to be a very wrong reason to do ministry. Number two, for fame and for popularity. Some want to get popular. It's like, ah, ah pastors are popular. Ah, ah, me too, I want to do my own. No, 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 no. That can't be a reason for ministry. It cannot. That's going to be assuming a ministry. If God has not called you to a particular assignment, don't assume that assignment. Don't take it up. Glory to God. Because if you do, when it comes to the defender showing up for you, I don't know who will show up. Because he didn't send you. God does not follow any man to where he has not sent him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number three, because someone else is doing it. Maybe you used to know, I mean, a young girl, all right, and um, you were more mature than this young girl. You could speak better than this young girl. All of a sudden, the young girl is called into ministry and she's doing ministry and she's doing this well. And that feeling like, ah, this girl, even me, I can do it better. Then you go and pick up a call. Ah. You don't assume a call. Because someone else is doing this, it's not a reason to do it. My brother is doing it, so you want to do it? Oh, no. You don't assume a call. Glory to God. The next reason is joblessness. I graduated six years ago. I've been searching for job, looking for job, searching for God's job, and they are looking for pastors in my church. You see that? Amen. Not administrative pastors, because I'm aware some churches have administrative pastors. There's nothing wrong in desiring to be a deacon or a deaconess. You see? But you cannot, you cannot desire to be a prophet. It's not by desire, it's a calling. You cannot desire to be an apostle. It's a calling. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. So joblessness cannot be a reason to assume a ministry. Another reason, wrong reason. People said you can do it. I remember, you know, this point always brings me to this. I remember before we started ministry, myself and my husband, you know, some people called us then and said, ah, you people, you, you husband, you can preach well. You're a sound teacher in the world. Wife, ah, you preach fire, you know. You can preach and all that. Hello, better ministry. Ah, 
<laughs> we looked at them and said, if we start, are you the one that will sustain us? Glory to God. We've not heard God say, go start. What are we starting? Amen. Don't let people push you. If you've not heard God say, do it, don't bother. Hallelujah. So people said you can do it. Is a reason many pastors, many people in ministry are pushed out of their prophetic assignment. Don't allow it. You need to ask King Saul. The pressure of people, he could not wait for Prophet Samuel. The pressure of people, he needed to please the people. In fact, as a ministry person, one of the things you should delete out of your list is trying to please people. They will pull you out of God's will for you. Say, not me. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Another wrong reason to do ministry is there is a lot of money in ministry. Especially the fivefold ministry. There's a lot of money there. Ah! See Pastor Yi Adeboye. Hey! See Bishop Oyedepo. All of them. They are just talking. Ah, let me go and start my own. And they started early. Let me quickly go and start. Mm -mm. That's not a reason to start ministry. Glory to Jesus. Number three, a desire to come into influence. That'd be a wrong reason. Ah, me too, I want to. I want to enter the church. And people say, Pastor, you are welcome, sir. You are blessed, sir. Ah, behind that blessed, sir, do you know what that man, <laughs> what that man goes through? Amen. Glory to God. It's a wrong reason. Okay? I'm talented. Especially, let's say, the five-fold ministry here now. I'm talented. I can talk. I'm, I'm talented. I, public speaking is my thing. Go on, go on do public speaking. Don't, don't do ministry. Hallelujah. You discover your ministry. You don't use your gifting. I believe I thought about that to say, okay. Now, your gifting can now be relevant in your ministry. You see that, but it is not what leads you into ministry. If I go and sit down with my gifting, I will not be here. Hallelujah. I'll be in maybe um, one mega hospital somewhere. Amen. <laughs> okay, and um, many other wrong reasons, but the most important thing is that understand that ministry stems from God. It must be God that has sent you to do ministry. Hallelujah. Now, I want to also encourage your heart, please. Know what you are called to do apart from what you are not called to do. One of the challenges in ministry is stepping into another man's assignment. Being lured into another man's assignment. Understand what you have been called to do apart from what you have not been called to do. Never forget that. Amen. The enemy is always looking for a way to stop God's precious people. Listen, one that Jesus said, get deep behind me, Satan. You that savourest not the things of God. Let me tell you something about the wicked one. You see, his aim is just that the will of God should not stand. That's all. It's not like he has a particular plan that, okay, I want to make so, 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 um, when wealthy, so that um, he will help me go and promote um, promiscuity. No, 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 he doesn't have any specific plan for anybody. He has only one mission. And what's the mission of the devil? That the will of God will not stand. Jesus said, you that sanforest not the things 
of God. And let me also add this. Because of his mission, that's the devil's mission that I just said to you, and understanding that ministry is God's will for you, what does that suggest? He will try to stop you. Amen. And when it comes to the enemy trying to stop one in the course of ministry, he, he does not do it by rules. He's brute, brute force he uses. He has no principles to it. He wants to try just any means to try to stop God's precious people. But you see, the good news is if you will hold on to God and, you know, understand and ensure that you do ministry by the forces of God's kingdom, you will always be above in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. The enemy will try to stop you through good things. Amen. There are so many ministers, so many people sent into specific ministry that it is good things that, that you know, brought a deviation their path. Good things like money. He will try to stop you, but he will not be able to stop you. So now there is nothing we can do about the enemy trying to stop one from fulfilling ministry, but there is a lot we can do about we not becoming his victims. There's a lot we can do about we remaining victors over him. Hallelujah. The enemy will try to stop you using bad things. And he has no rules to it. Discouraging. This one. That one. Try to just bombard you to get you out of doing ministry. Okay? There are no rules to his attempts. We want to use anything. He's brutal. He's wicked. Is against God. Is against God's will. Hallelujah. His vow is that the will of God for your life will not stand. And that tells you, you, you will have to take a vow that as the Lord lives, I fulfill God's plan for my life. You have to commit yourself to that vow. Because there is a kingdom that has taken a vow, but their vow will not stand. For who is it that speaks when God has not spoken? Glory to God. And that's our confidence. The word of God is our confidence. Amen. The enemy will try to use many weapons to stop people from doing ministry or fulfilling ministry. There are a number of people today that are going through things they don't understand. But this is what has happened. Unfortunately, many now point accusing fingers at God. It's not God. The devil is the enemy. God is not your enemy. God is for you. You see that? But there is an enemy on the face of the earth already. The same enemy that caused man to fall in the beginning. The same enemy that Jesus Christ came and redeemed us from. The same enemy we must not fall victim to. Someone say amen to that. The enemy will try to use distraction. I want to warn you. The enemy will try to distract you on the path of fulfilling destiny. Don't let him. And how does it bring in distraction? It can bring in distraction by another assignment. Just throw one pseudo assignment to you like that. Amen. You need to be careful. And that's why you must know what God has called you to do. Know what you are after. So that in your bite, you know, and passion to do ministry, you are not distracted by another assignment. I remember a man of God, you know, called to, to a particular assignment. Do you know the enemy distracted him for five years? was chasing after after the hair 
left his primary assignment. Couldn't let the devil distract you. Hallelujah. Another one is the enemy tries to give you shortcuts, short, shortcuts to your fulfillment. He tried it with Jesus. He said, Jesus, look at all the kingdoms of this world. I will give them to you. Is that not what you came for? Hallelujah. You just bow to me. The enemy will present shortcuts to you. Don't take them. Amen. There are all ways to distract you. In fact, that one does not stop at distraction. The end point is destruction. Glory to God. Don't take shortcuts from the wicked. Amen. Another is a look-alike, a caricature assignment. A pseudo-assignment. And you see, one of the ways to stay above distraction is to, you know, be someone who is in faith, number one, prayerful, and have the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment. You must be able to discern. What is this? Amen. And that's why you must not give things to cry out for, things to desire with God. Especially if you are called, if you are called into whole ministries, a number of people in specific ministries today are distracted. God sent them there to fight the cause of the poor, to fight the cause of the fatherless, fight the cause of widows. But what happens? Let's look at Nigeria. A number of people start out as Christian politicians. Give them five years, six years. They are already in the circle, busy with embezzlement. On how they will also enrich their pockets. Didn't they start as Christians? Hallelujah. What do you think happened? The enemy brought temptations their way, brought distractions their way. And before you know it, they were swayed off. They forgot they were there to represent God's interest. The interest changed to their pocket. And now there is nothing they can do. I remember there was a man, you know, a politician in this country, a Christian. He said something I can never forget. I was listening to his speech. He said, we older politicians have made our mistakes. We started out on a course, but we did not know when our courses change. I cannot forget that. He said, let the younger generation come and listen to us so that they won't make the same mistake. Unfortunately, the younger generation wants to run on their own. They don't want to listen to some of those people. We need to be careful. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number two, the enemy will try to use your weaknesses to stop you. Amen. And uh, those are those things that God has been trying to deal with in your life, calling your attention to. And that's why when God is calling your attention to something, deal with it. The Holy Spirit is saying to you, this anger, this anger can get to fulfillment. Deal with it. If not, you are giving the devil an advantage in your life. Don't forget he is the advantage taker. Anger is not a force in God's kingdom. It's a force of darkness. Amen. And whatever it is, God has been calling you attention. You are not, you've not been praying. You want, to, you want to encourage yourself. Hook yourself with systems. I said something to some people last week. I said, as we walk in this Christian you know, journey, we need, we need support systems. Don't just be a loner. There are prayer groups. It doesn't matter if your wife of Geo, three wives of Geo can form a group and you are praying together. 
Hallelujah. Iron sharpen iron. Get an iron. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Don't let the journey become so lonely that it's just you and you don't even know how to handle things. The enemy will try to lure you out of God's plan for your life. Don't allow him. So how do you overcome these you know, challenges that have to do with your weaknesses and your shortcomings that the enemy does not take advantage of them? Hallelujah. It's allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen you to overcome your weaknesses. You see that? When he's calling your attention to him, yield, 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 daughter, yield. Glory to God. The next one is discouragement. And especially for women, discouragement. You will try to attack your strength. Because sometimes people don't come down to what the enemy is actually after. He will try to attack your friend. It's your strength. Can you imagine someone, you know, who is doing something in the name of the Lord, what God has called him to do, and all of a sudden you are just weak, you are weak, you are weak. Don't just take it with levity. Sometimes it's an attack on your strength. You stand up. Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. I take authority over every foul spirit of weakness, everything that is trying to weaken me. I receive strength to fulfill my destiny. You begin to pray. You open your scriptures. Ephesians chapter 3. You start from verse 14 to 16. Oh God, I have come today. You are the Father in whom all the family in heaven and earth is name. Lord, let there be a divine grant that you strengthen me with mine by your spirit in my inner man. I will not be tired. I will not be weary because God is in me. You see that? Glory to God. Sometimes if you want to attack your confidence in God, hallelujah, this one, <laughs> the enemy will try to attack your confidence in God. And let me say this to you. If the enemy is successful at attacking your confidence in God, then there is nothing left. That's the truth. Because that is like the fulcrum that holds everything together. And how does it do it? Maybe something happens, you know those kind of things that you feel like, where was God? Where was God? When this happened? The enemy just comes against you along or against a loved one around you. And something, you know, terrible happens and it affects, you know, the confidence of some. In that point, the issue is not really what happened. Go back to God to fix that confidence. You cannot afford to let go of your confidence in him. That's, that's a mighty weapon. That's a mighty, that's your, that's your fulcrum. Don't let it. Little wonder Bible says that do not cast away your confidence. For it has a great recompense of reward. Don't let your confidence in God go, in, in the, in God go away. Hallelujah. That's what faith is based on. That's what love is based on. That's what working with God is based on. Once the confidence is out of it, then nothing is left. That's when you see such believers waiting for death. God forbid you will not be looking for death in Jesus' name. You will live long and you will fulfill your prophetic destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Do not cast away your confidence. What was the enemy attacking? When Jezebel spoke to Elisha by an evil spirit, what was he attacking? It was his confidence. It got to a point he was running. I mean, a man, I'm like, oh God, help us. A man who just called down fire and destroyed the prophets of Baal. And the woman said, if I don't remove your head from your neck by this time tomorrow, Elisha ran. What happened? Did he forget that he just called down fire and he can still do it again? He ran for dear life. It was his confidence that was affected. And he got to God. He was like, I'm the only one remaining. Let's meet with God. God said, what are you saying? I have 7,000 men who have not bowed their knees to back. He was shot 7,000. And when those thoughts come, you are the only one. Uh, you are the only one. It's a lie. Take authority over that foul spirit. Glory to God. Don't let the enemy attack your confidence. Your assurance of love, both from God and from people. Don't let the devil tilt you to a place where he starts suggesting to you nobody loves you in the world. It's a lie. Amen. And he says even God does not love you. It's a lie. Hallelujah. Whatever the situation is, is like walking through a short tunnel. In a short while, you are out of it. Someone say amen to that. Encourage yourself. Speak scriptures to yourself. Don't let the enemy lure you out of God's calling for your life. Glory to God. Many others. Many others. But let me stop here for now. Sometimes he comes, he uses attacks. He uses people, friends, families, those those that you are even sent to. Can you imagine the people you are sent to? Are against you. What do you do in such situation? But what I'm saying is, you see, you have to take a vow that in the name of the Lord Jesus, by the strength that God alone ministers, I live to fulfill my prophetic destiny. I live to fulfill my call. I am all that God has made me to be. Glory to God. And I tell you, as you overcome all of these challenges on the path, you are going to emerge like pure gold at the end of it all. Amen. Be strong. This is what the Bible says. Be strong. Be courageous. Hallelujah. When it comes to matters of destiny, it must start from, you know, a point of being absolute. That as the Lord lives, by his help, I fulfill my ministry. Relying on him, of course, not the ability of man, because the ability of man can take you far. And that's why you have to know how to really rely on the ability that God alone supplies. My prayer for you is that you will fulfill God's call on your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing will cut short your days. Nothing will distract you from your assignment on earth. Nothing will take you away from the path of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Your destiny is present. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. At some point we talk about that. I'm still going to do a teaching on how to overcome those things. Hallelujah. So quickly, let me use today, I still have a little time to talk about placement helps ministry. The next week we go into the ministry of a pastor's wife. You see that? We're going through the ministry of a pastor's wife. 
Now, um, someone will ask me, is being a wife a ministry? Oh, being a wife, no, it's not a ministry in that sense. Glory to God. But being a pastor's wife is a call. It's a ministry. But don't worry. Don't rush. We'll get to talk about that next week by God's grace. So let's look at placement helps ministry. Now, placement helps ministry. This is helps ministry. But the thing with this kind of helps ministry is that it involves supporting and following someone. Okay? And helping people by helping that particular person you are sent to. You see that? Is a call onto somebody. And um, it is God that will reveal this kind of call to you. This kind of call usually comes in follow so, 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 and so. That's placement works ministry. You say, Lord, who's my calling? What am I here? It says, follow so, 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 and so. That's pure placement helps calling. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's placement. It is, it, is, it is clear. Placement helps ministry. You wonder, ah, why when I pray, God, God would have said to you, maybe you're a ministry gift or you're not a ministry gift, but he said, what do you have me do? Follow so, 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 and so. That's, just know it immediately that that's called what? Placement helps ministry. Hallelujah. Now, this is a unique kind of calling. And both ministry gifts and non-ministry gifts fall under this kind of category, like I discussed earlier. Lack of recognition to this dimension of ministry is one of the things causing crisis in the body of Christ, especially the fivefold ministry at this time. Amen. Where we don't give recognition to this kind and dimension of ministry. Now, I've met two people, you know, physically in my life that have described to me encounters that, you know, they had... And God told them to follow a particular person. Amen. And um, they said, follow him and support the work I've given to him. That was what God said to them. Beloved, that is purely placement help ministry. They have strategically located themselves in it. And um, honestly, I know that is a matter of few years these men will rise and become great because they are where God has placed them. You see that? This kind of calling has two primary dimensions. The first is for the lifetime of the followed. The lifetime of the person you are following. You see that? So under this one, for as long as the person you are following is living, you will keep following the person. Alright? Of course, both dimensions is for the lifetime of the person you are following. But there is a little difference. Okay? So, in the first category, the person you are following for his lifetime and for the lifetime of the followed. So, let me put it that way. The first category is for the lifetime of the person you are following and your own lifetime. So, that simply means that your assignment is to support the work God has given to that person. And that is it. So you locate yourself in that assignment and that is it. You, even if that man leaves the same, you keep on in that assignment. Hallelujah. The second dimension, I explained this earlier, 
I'm explaining it for more clarity. All right, is for the lifetime of the followed. All right, but it ends once the once the followed leaves the same. You see that? Okay, so in this dimension of the calling, all right, you follow that person for his lifetime, and at the time the person leaves the same to be with the Lord, the Lord will then say to you that go and do so, 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 so. It is still the Lord. It's not you that will say, ah, okay, oh, <laughs> it's the lifetime of the, you know, followed. No, it is the Lord himself that will speak to you. Now, quickly, let's look at challenges of placement helps ministry. Number one is personal revelation and understanding of the called. You see that? Those who are called into this dimension, if they don't have an understanding of it, if they don't have a revelation of it, it becomes difficult to fulfill it. You see that? So people must correctly discern this kind of call. Number two, lack of revelation and understanding of this kind of call by the followed. There are some too that God has called to do this specific assignment, but does not understand that some people have been called alongside them. Okay, so they too don't have that understanding and revelation. So they don't carry themselves in that light. It also brings challenges. Hallelujah. Number three. Handling people's views and perspectives. <laughs> A lot of people lack understanding and revelation of this kind of call. And you get to hear questions like, when are you starting your own? Is it this person you are going to serve all you the days of your life? Is it because of this person that you know? So if that person is not careful and not a person of understanding, those suggestions, if he allows them in, they begin to affect him. And they affect this kind of calling. Okay? So it is more of what people say and how they say it. You know, sometimes people say some things, but the way they say it is even weightier than what they said. Glory to God. Can you imagine a man that is called into this kind of calling? He knows it. He, he understands it. But his wife looks at him one day and says, look at you, rubbish man, follow, follow. Ah. So the man must understand this. And if a man is called into this kind of dimension, he must let his wife know it. And understand that this is my calling. Glory to God. So that at no point, you know, will the wife suggest poisonous suggestions to the husband. And I want to speak to you women. If your husband is called into this dimension, don't take him out of God's call for his life. It becomes disastrous. Don't do it. Amen. Rather encourage him. If the sand is a calling, it doesn't mean the journey will be smooth. But you owe it not to the person you are following in that sense. You owe it to God. So if something is not going right, you go back to God. You go to God. Hallelujah. Another is personal ambition that is empty of God. The devil usually hijacks this and it eventually leads to strange desires. Like, let me, why is he only this person? Can't I kill this person and become the next leader? So you see desires for replacement, desires for removal or displacement. 
Or at worst, the person just leaves the ministry to go and start his own. Amen. And this is still the devil trying to work to stop the will of God. And honestly, I must tell you, this kind of ministry is the most sensitive. Number eight. Handling the excesses or the weaknesses of the followed. Amen. So if you're called into this dimension of ministry, you must understand the followed. And be able to put up with the excesses of the person you're following or the person's weaknesses. You have to also understand that, yes, you are called to follow this person does not mean the person is perfect. So give room for his or her excesses or weaknesses. Glory to God. Someone will say the way he talked to me. The way he communicates, the way he, you know, and things like that. That should be too small to send you away from the place of primary destiny assignment. You must marshal, you must rise above it. You must be able to handle it. It's called maturity. Glory to God. Number nine, oh, sorry, number, what's it now? Number five or six. The most important challenge that must be overcome <laughs> and you must never allow it to happen no matter what as long as you are called into placement helps ministry is offenses someone say offenses and may i announce to you pastor's wives that is your calling you are called into placement helps ministries unfortunately a number of you get offended at your husband you mean you are getting offended at the one you are called to follow <laughs> glory to God you know I told someone one day I said one of these days if the Lord permits me I will write a book titled my husband is my pastor or my pastor is my husband what I mean here is the one I'm called to follow is now my husband it's a sensitive place oh very sensitive glory to God you must never get into offenses, especially with the one you are called to follow. This one is much more than marriage, you know, head and, and um, the person to submit, head and body. No, this one has entered into the zone of destiny ministry assignments. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I will stop here because my time is fast spent. We'll continue here next week. And next week particularly, we are going to be looking into the ministry of the pastor's wife. You don't want to miss it. I promise you. It's going to be awesome. Wow, it's been a great day. We give God praise for today. I believe you've been blessed. I believe you heard something in particular. All right, please watch out for your assignments. It's going to be posted between today and tomorrow. And make sure to do your assignments. Everlasting Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your word that has come today for the grace to internalize this word. Thank you, Father, for what your word is doing already. Oh, thank you, Lord, because your word is at work already. You, your word is touching us, Yamaha. Oh, yes, Lord, your word is changing us. Yes, no one else can do what your word is doing. It's refining us. Oh, your word is transforming us. 
Oh, God's word is changing us. No one else can do what your word is doing, impacting us. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you for what your word is doing. I commit your children unto your hands, O oh God. Lord, I know you are the God that is at work in them both to will and to do according to your good pleasure. Thank you for your hands that is strong upon them, O oh God, building them, transforming them, changing them. Lord, I welcome them into encounters with you in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Between now and next week that will be gathering again, Lord, I pray, O oh God, encounter your children. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. All right, I'll see you at the same time next week. Remember, tomorrow is our video at exactly 12 midnight to 12.30. We will be praying. Do not miss it. And please, on Monday, we are going to be reviewing chapter 3 and 4 of 5 M's of ministry. Please don't forget that. I love you and God bless you. Bye-bye.